When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. So, mm. the Dodgers left Brooklyn. The, the now Los Angeles Dodgers, then the Brooklyn Dodgers, left Brooklyn in late 50s, 57, I think. So we're talking about, at this point, <laughs> 65 years ago. And until the Nets got to town, Brooklyn had not had a major league level sports team, right? But now the Nets are in Brooklyn. Key J, the mayor of New York City, used to be the Brooklyn Borough president. I think he's probably aware of just how bad that borough and this town would love to see a championship, especially in that borough. But for all the conjecture about mandates being lifted and this now key, you know, Jay, he's getting ready to, Kyrie's getting ready to play. This was Mayor Eric Adams on why he can't just exempt Kyrie Irving from mandates at this moment so he can play. Listen. Listen, I want Kyrie on the court. You know, I would do anything to get that ring. I <laughs> say, so, you know, so badly I want, I want it. But there's so much at stake here. And, you know, I, I spoke with the owner of the team. We want to find a way to get Kyrie on the court. But this is a bigger issue. And I, it was sending the wrong message just to have an, an exception for one player when we're telling the countless number of New York City employees, if you don't follow the rules, you won't be able to be employed. So the private sector mandate is it requires all employees of companies with more than 100 employees like BSE Global, which is the Brooklyn Sports Entertainment Global, the Nets parent company, to get vaccinated. Uh, so but this it, it still it, it doesn't make sense to me, essentially. So it, it, it's the nuances of it. So which is pretty ridiculous. Once again, it's so Kyrie Irving could be in the building. He could sit on the bench, but yet he cannot participate in the games. And so that, that's baffling. I, they have to find some way to address it. I don't know why he'll be allowed in the building at all. If this is going to be the rule, if you're going to have, you know, over a hundred employees, everybody has to be vaccinated. Fine. If that's the rule. Uh, but that's murky water for me. That just doesn't make any sense. And they should change that. Eric Adams has a legit relationship with Joe and Clara Sai. You know, he was the president of the Brooklyn Borough for a long time in Brooklyn, has a relationship with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, there's a lot of communication going on. Uh, this mass mandate will be lifted on March 7th. I think if numbers continue to go down, you'll start seeing them look at these other options as it relates to lifting these other mandates. But this hurts the Nets, guys. It does. And it puts a lot more pressure on Kevin Durant to come back and to be the player he was before. And it puts a lot more pressure on Ben Simmons. Because now if you're thinking about it, hey, Kyrie can only play road games. 
you need Ben Simmons, right? Like, you could float before with James Harden and KD if they're on the court. Now you don't have James Harden. You know, now you have Ben Simmons that is waiting because of sore backness pain that he has, doing reconditioning, uh, working out with the Nets. You know, you wonder when that timetable is, but how he comes back after not playing basketball for 265, 270 days is going to be critical to the success of this team. And then he already, he didn't do no basketball acclimated things when he was chilling. That he would come right out there and get. They said he was working out, but I, I mean, working out is different than being in game shape, Key. No, 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 I get it, but you, if you work it out the way that you're supposed to, you're not going to all of a sudden, you know, muscles and stuff like that going to fire because they're already ready to go. It just won't be your, your wind may not be up running up and down the court to the degree. But that's just, it's just interesting that he would be injured. I, you know, when I look at the mayor situation, I understand the relationship that he has with the owners. I understand the relationship with the the the, the borough of Brooklyn. Um, and he astutely said that he wants to help them get a ring, but he needs to do it a certain way. And that's the way you handle your business. You don't take the political stand of worrying about just Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets. You got to worry about everybody as a whole because it's important. It doesn't make sense, like you said, Jay, how he could be in the building and be here. And players from other teams on the road can come and play in the building. But you here, you can't play in the building. But I can come from Philadelphia and play in the building and not we, be vaccinated. We went through this yesterday, but let me try it. Let me take another pass at it because I think of it differently than you guys. I understand the apparent contradiction, right? But I would say, like when I was a kid in New York – you, I needed my measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination, right? You had, like, a little thing to show, or you couldn't go to school, okay? I could still go, right, right. I could still go to the store. I could still go here, go there. I, was, I still had personal liberty where I could go around, but I couldn't go to school. Now, think of, think of school for an adult like a job, okay? If you want a job in New York City, even in the private sector— you need to be vaccinated just like school kids back in the day needed to be vaccinated against something else, all right? But you're still free to go around. If you're not, if you're not asking anyone for you're not working anywhere, you're still free to, to go about your business. This is actually a restoration of some personal liberty that was uh, tamped down during the pandemic because we're coming out of the pandemic. But a piece of it that is not clear that's going to go away is the mandate for employees, if you're employed and you want to have a job in New York, you have to be vaccinated, just like school kids need it for school. Like you still go other places. So if I'm pl- if I'm employed somewhere, like a basketball player inside Barclays, I got to be vaccinated. I can go as a fan and not be vaccinated because I don't have a job there. I think so. So, so why lo- can Kyrie? Why could he sit on the bench? Why could he be? Could he? That's what I thought. I've it heard. was behind the bench. No, he, behind the bench. Yeah, he's oh, see, so. One, Okay, same thing, though, right? one row behind the yeah, bench. Yeah, one row, same thing. Well, be, simply because he's an employee. He's not there as an employee. He's there as a spectator. So this, in is, that what, this is what Eric Adams said about that rule that you were yep. specifically talking about. Makes no sense, and I don't know who thought to put such a ridiculous rule in place of a way teams can come in and play when our team's from New York. But these are the rules, and I have to follow the rules. If I don't, I have to open the door to sending the wrong message to everyday employees. Right. So what you, now we're talking about something else. He doesn't have control of employees outside of New York City. 
I do suppose it doesn't make a lot of sense where, he, where maybe there should be a rule like if you are working in New York City, that rule should apply to you too. And that but way, too late. You, would, yeah. you would level the playing field for unvaccinated no, he, players from yeah, out of town. A- absolutely, but the last mayor, de Blasio, didn't put that in. You know, he didn't put that in when they signed off on it. That wasn't the rule. And now you're asking the new mayor to undo it. You can't just do I want to get back to something you said about KD and them. The basketball of it all, what's crazy is the Nets had a big three a minute ago where any, any one or two guys could be hurt and you had enough offense from that third guy or now any two of them. Now, now KD is hurt, Kyrie's not available for home games, and you don't have Harden, you've replaced him with Simmons, who's not the offensive player Harden so is. I said it puts a lot more pressure on Ben Simmons. It, 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 it really does. Does it put more pressure on Simmons or KD well, it since does, it's his it, team? It does on KD for sure, but, I mean, coming off injury, like KD, I still think KD will do electrifying things. But now, like, you know, it's question around conditioning, the questioning around mental health and where is Ben Simmons along that process. The date of March 10th key when they play against the Philadelphia 76ers, that would be a game people – so how Ben Simmons ramps up in the last 23 games of the regular season after almost not playing basketball for a year with a title contention on the line, that's a lot of pressure you know, on the guy entering. Can they, not get the, can they not get those points that Harden – would have given them on the offensive side? Can they not get it from a collective group starting with Seth Curry? Can they not get, you know? I just, just think it. Yeah, I, just think about that, though. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, Seth can do a lot. No, I didn't say you're by right. himself. Collect, I know you're saying collectively. Group, can they not piecemeal yeah. them 12 and 12 Miami, and 10? Miami is a, a really disciplined, defensive-minded team that can score well. Milwaukee is the reigning NBA champs. The Philadelphia 76ers are loaded offensively. Maybe the best offensive team there is in the league. Unless the Nets Harden. get healthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so th- Chicago is a team that's going to be right there. They're getting healthy down the stretch. I, I, think but about those again, four. I don't know again, if the Nets don't come then, out of the East it, if they it, don't have it, the right continuity. But then again, as I said yesterday, is it not better served for them to be on the second half of the four, four, five, uh, five six, seven, and eight, rather than – Try and be one, two, three, four, where they'll have more games on the road Agreed. in their favor than they are at home. Try this, then we got to move. You play Ben Simmons as like the point center guy, and Joe Harris gets healthy, and you have Seth Curry. Joe Harris is still not going to potentially come back. He's still wondering if he gets a second surgery. On That's why I'm saying if he gets healthy, and you had Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, you got plenty yes. of shooting. But right, Joe Harris's injury. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Did you know you can listen to Keyshawn J. Willemax commercial free? That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Let's go from one Duke legend to another. Johnny Dawkins, UCF head coach and former Duke star and assistant coach, is with us can I now. Tell a story? Yeah, absolutely. What's going on, Johnny? Nothing too much. How are you guys? Well, Jay is going to tell his Coach K memory of the day, and I'd love to hear your reaction to this. Well, it's not even a Coach K memory of the day. This is – so Coach Dawkins, who's on the phone right now, is somebody that I owe my entire career to. Um, my freshman year in college basketball, we lost to Florida in the Sweet 16, and I absolutely got punked. I had never played the point guard position before, and you can imagine 
playing a point guard position for a Hall of Fame coach and Coach K and a guy like Johnny Dawkins who was, you know, the face of Duke basketball was a lot of a lot of pressure for anybody. And going into my sophomore year, I decided not to go home. And Johnny Dawkins and I worked out every single day. Jay, coach, I, I don't even know how many shots I made, but it was around the four or five hundred mark. And all I know is doing that every single day and taking two summer courses at school. The trajectory I went on from my freshman to my sophomore year, which I'm not sure kids do as much anymore, right? Because there's so many other things to do. My game, my sophomore year, just went to a, a different place. And I just wanted to publicly say thank you for pushing me to get myself there mentally because that following year we won a championship. I had a chance to leave school early. I know I decided not to, but it was, um, that, w- that was a game-changing summer and year for me. And I owe so much of that thought process and how we went about it to you. So thank you for that, Coach. No, no, you're welcome, Jason. Uh, you know, when I look back on your career, I mean, it was an amazing one. And for you, uh, you know, I won't take any credit, man. You you did all the work. You put in all the reps. You got in there every day. You know, you wanted to be great. And uh, you knew that even your freshman year when you were playing and going through your ups and downs, like oh, we all do, and learning the position. But the one thing you always had is, you know, you had great courage and you had an unbelievable heart and you had an unbelievable work ethic. And then it showed, and that's why you became the player you became. I appreciate you, Coach. Are you, are you going to be at the game on Saturday? Unfortunately not. We play this weekend as that's well. Right. What do you think it's going to be like for Coach K down the stretch um, at his last game inside Cameron Ender Stadium? Uh, it's going to be a lot of emotion. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it's going to be a, an amazing turnout with former players and and, this, and everything that goes around with the Duke-UNC game and, and Coach's final, you know, game on, on, on that floor. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be something I think that uh, none of us has ever really seen before. You know, the, the celebration that, that he's had throughout this season culminating with, you know, our rival, uh, with the, all the former players returning, or, or the majority of them. It's going to be something special, uh, very emotional, I think, for everyone. Uh, I can't believe it, it's over from the standpoint of his tenure. Uh, I, I never thought I'd see the day where he'd be, you know, off of Duke's bench. But I guess, you know, with time, there, there comes change. But uh, he'll be missed. Mm. Johnny, you were part. Of, you're, you're part of a large uh, Coach K coaching tree, you know. And you, you, when you look back at it, how much should his impact on the game of basketball be part of his overall legacy? Uh, I think it'll play a huge part of his overall legacy. You know what he's done. You know for the game of basketball, just by how he conducted himself, by how how successful he was but also all the humanitarian things he did, you know, off the court. I think uh, he, he left it in a way where I think for, for, for you know, up-and-coming coaches, you know, he gave you an amazing blueprint of how you should, you know, how you should be as a, as a college coach. I mean, which means you're, you're more than just a coach of your players and mentor of your young men. You're also a, a huge part of your community and trying to make it better, trying to make, you know, your city better, your, your state better, the country better. You know, I think he – you know, he did a lot of things for our game, but he did a lot of things for society because of who he was as a person as well. Coach Dawkins, can you can you just break down the story? I know how you got me to commit to Duke. You guys sat at my house with my mom, my dad. Uh, we made Coach K pull a sausage. But how did Coach K get you to commit to Duke in the early 80s? Uh, it was a different story, as you can imagine. During that time, you know, Coach wasn't as uh, – widely known as he was when you were being recruited. So 
you know, for me, it was more of a, you know, the commitment to me that he showed, that the program showed to me. Uh, they made me feel that I was a priority, you know, the entire time throughout the process. Uh, they were coming to see me play as much as they could. Uh, they were calling or writing me as much as they could. And I just felt, you know, of all the places, and I had, you know, a lot of amazing opportunities, I just felt no one pursued me any harder than they did. And for me, you know, it was about that. It was also about the coach. And, uh, of course, he didn't have the reputation he had when you played. But, you know, I just had that feeling that, that you know, he was sincere, that he wanted to do something special. And I wanted to be a part of that. You know, I wanted to be a part of something special. And his vision was even as grand as everything he's accomplished, his vision for that was, was then. <laughs> so to see everything kind of come to fruition over time has been amazing for me to watch. But uh, he, he told me those same things that all of you guys were able to accomplish that he wanted to do and uh, wanted to be, for us to be a part of it. And I was glad I had a chance to share those memories and those, and those moments with him. See, Coach, you, you, you went too long right there on explaining it. I always mess with Jay. And he asked you about how did he get you to go in the 80s to Duke. Well, I tell Jay, I say, well, he paid less money for Johnny Dawkins. He paid more money for you. So <laughs> Jay always be messing with me about, about cheating at USC. So I got it. They I all pay always... the same. It's not the pay, Key. <laughs> the See, money Johnny, was the same I, everywhere. Johnny, I don't on. even engage, Johnny. I do not engage. No, it's, I'm just teasing, man. No question about it. Where Where does – coaching against Coach K and almost beating him in the NC2A tournament a few years back ranked for you? Uh, you know, it was, it was an amazing moment uh, to have that opportunity uh, to play against your alma mater, to play against, you know, your mentor. Uh, you know, no one wants to be in that position. You know, we don't want to compete against each other. Of course, we'd rather compete against, you know, a lot of other coaches around the country. But it, when it happens, it happens. And I, I thought both teams put their best foot forward. I think, uh, you know, Duke had a ter- you know, terrific team that year, and so did we. And uh, the game could have gone either way. You know, I was really proud of our guys for stepping up to the moment and playing the way I thought they were capable of. And, you know, we fell a little short, uh, and, and they were able to advance. But as Coach would always say, you know, no one, you know, no one wins in those situations for us when we compete against each other because, you know, he wins. Of course, he's happy, but he's disappointed, you know, for you know, someone he's been a friend of, a mentor of. And it would have been the same way for us. It would have been, you know, happy for our guys. But, you know, a little part of you would also have been, you know, just sad for the other person because, you know, both teams couldn't continue and go forward. So it's it's one of those, you know, mixed emotions. But it was a, it was a gr- great moment for our program. Uh, I think it really helped continue to, to build our brand and showing how competitive we can be on a national stage. And so uh, in that regard, I think it, it worked out fine for us. Mm. Coach Douglas, what was it like to be part of – Coach K's first Final Four team in 1986. And was there a moment that season where you realized that this is just different and he's different? Uh, No, absolutely. You know, I I think, you know, I realized that well before we ended up making a run to the Final Four. It was the entire process, Jason. And when we were building our program and moving forward, you know, we were taking the steps year by year. You know, we started off 11 and 17 our first year. And uh, to, to culminate, you know, to end our season as seniors going 37-3, and three, what an amazing turnaround. And so all through that process, you were seeing, you know, though, you know who he was. Because, you know, you're going to reveal yourself in those type of moments and that, under that type of stress and that type of competition. And, uh, you know, he was a heck of a competitor. He's passionate. He's well-prepared. And uh, I, can remember, I can remember beating teams, you know, about 25 or 30 and coach just being honest, honest. And you're like, man, well, we won by 25 or 30, but I can remember us, you know, losing to a team 
And it's the exact opposite, you know, because he wasn't about the wins and losses as much as he was about a standard of excellence. How did you perform when you went out there as a team? How did we perform? And so it was always measured against that, not measured against, you know, the amount of points you won by or lost by. Did you put your best foot forward and can you be better? And so I, I saw that in early and it just it continued on throughout our entire careers until we end up playing for the national championship. Talking to Johnny Dawkins, UCF head coach, former Duke star and assistant coach. Uh, coach, there's a book out by Ian O'Connor about Coach K. And in the book, it says Coach K pushed for John Shire over Tommy Amaker to be his successor. You played with Tommy, the backcourt. How disappointed were you that he did not get the opportunity to be Coach K's successor based on what he's done at Harvard? Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult question because ultimately, you know, if that happened, that was a private conversation between you know, Tommy and Coach K. So uh, with that, you know, I don't really know, you know, what transpired. I haven't spoken to the guys to – get any kind of insights because, you know, we're all right now, we're approaching March Madness, so we're all locked in on what we're doing. But, uh, you know, if that happened, it was a private conversation between those two guys. And I think, you know, they're the only two guys that can uh, deliver the message. But what about you personally for a guy you played with? Like, were you you, sure you had a rooting interest there? Oh, no, you know, of course, I love Coach Amaker. You know, Tommy and I go way back to, to, uh, you know, basically – middle school so I've known him you know almost all my life and of course you know I'm you know I'd be rooting for Tommy to have that opportunity just like I'm you know happy for John Shire to have the opportunity you know for me I had a chance to coach John you know of course Tommy and I were teammates so we go back further but you know it's one of those situations where I think you know it was a no no lose situation if coach Amaker got in the job I'd have been so happy for him and and proud of him and and of course Duke University and, you know, John has a position. I'm, I'm excited for John's opportunity. Hopefully John can have, you know, the type of success that uh, we all want to have at Duke University. Johnny Dawkins, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. On Jay Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate Coach, it. can you still shoot that thing? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. We need to run that back. I think they would have paid me more than they paid uh, – Jay will. Uh oh. Uh oh. Out now the truth come don't, out. Come on, don't now engage. The truth come out. Johnny, don't engage. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right, big man. Good luck this year. What I want to know is between the two hey, of you. Hey, thanks, guys. You guys have a nice day. Uh, thanks, thanks, coach. He's talking about more than they paid you. He was the one who delivered the money. Uh, hey, if it wasn't for him, I n- the it bag man. <laughs> I would have never who gone there if it wasn't for Coach Dawkins. Who got paid more between me and Jay? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Stop. Jay. Because he came around later on? No, just because. Do you because know what USC's endowment is? Yeah. Uh. Because it's Duke basketball. <laughs> look, look, he came and say nothing. And that's what it is. Why are you swallowing his spit like that? Was the money delivered, like, in a bag on a plane? Did someone have to sit next to it on the plane and all? Mine's in escrow. The clock is... (laughs) 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 The clock is ticking for a sport that is not used to that. I don't have a clock in this sport. Why is it ticking? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with a Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. <clears throat> Jeff Passan here <clears throat> with us talking MLB. Jeff, yesterday on this just in, you had to be the harbinger of bad news because it did not look likely that anything would get done. But this morning, Jeff, I am heartened to see that the, ex- that the deadline has been extended and it looks like there's some movement. Where do we stand with Major League Baseball and the MLBPA right now? Max, I'm still stuck hearing my friend June Lee talk about how baseball is the third sport in America. Are we, are we combining professional uh, and amateur college foot, uh, football and basketball? Because right. baseball has a chance to be like fifth, if we're being honest. But that being said, uh, we are closer to a deal in Major League Baseball than we were yesterday. But, I, you know... I don't. I still don't think we're close. Like I, I, I have, I have tried this entire time not to be Debbie Downer because I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right for fans. I want to give them some hope in this situation. But this is not the deal that the players have been looking for this entire time. This is the sort of deal that the players probably could have gotten. At least what's on the table right now, what the players could have gotten back in like November. So. Uh, if this is the the area in which it ends up, then uh, the the players have folded. And honestly, I don't. I I just don't see them folding at this point. I I think that the threat of games being missed is not just bad for the players. It's really really bad for the league too. And that in the end, Rob Manfred is going to be the one who makes the choice to cancel games, just as he was the one who made the choice to lock the players out. And and that's the hand that the players have in this situation and that they're going to try and leverage until 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern today. 
Jeff, what do you think the biggest stopping point in the negotiations has been? There have been two things so far, Jay. Um, the, the first, and this was a little bit surprising to me, was the size of the postseason. Um, we had just assumed that even though the players, even though they were open to the idea of 14-team playoffs, uh, that, you know, 12 was just a leverage point for them. And eventually toward the end, they were going to make a trade, say, okay, fine, you want your 14-team playoffs? Well, we need this. They made it abundantly clear yesterday. They do not want a 14-team playoff. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be off the table, but uh, the the 12-team playoff uh, is something that materialized yesterday and the players stuck firm and hard with. And uh, I I think, you know, when it's all said and done, that may be what there is. Uh, But the big thing is the, the competitive balance tax threshold. Uh, the CBT has always been what was going to happen at the end. It's what's happened at the end of the last two negotiations. And that shows its importance because the, the luxury tax, uh, in the past at least, has been something of a harbinger for the success of a collective bargaining agreement for the players. When they got big raises in the luxury tax, they tended to do better. And when the tax was reasonably flat, uh, agreements over agreement. Uh, those tended to be worse. And so a big goal for them was getting a higher CBT threshold. And uh, at this point, with it at $220 million, even though it's just uh, $6 million over where uh, the league was proposing, it's $10 million over where it ended, it still isn't enough considering where revenues have gone. Hey, Jeff, let me ask you this about the, the tax threshold. To my and, and I I'm not aware of because it has not been front mind in recent years. Baseball just doesn't get covered the same mm-hmm. way. But to my recollection, it was the repeater tax, right? Because it would keep going up. And so, for example, the Yankees would want to get yeah. a year under the threshold just so they could reset the clock. Is that issue yeah. on the table right now? Because that seems to me the repeater tax back then, at least to be the sort of de facto salary cap. It got too punitive, yeah. right? Where Where is yeah. the league with that? Uh, the recidivism has not uh, gone bar uh, agreement over agreement, Max. So that's gone as of right now. Uh, the, you know, there are not higher penalties at this point, uh, to my knowledge, for being a repeater. Though I, I will say that that could be subject to change because – Remember, going into yesterday, one of the big problems that players had was the size of the taxes. Uh, you know, the, the league had started at 50, 75, 100 for each of the three thresholds. By the end of the day, it was down to 20, 32, 62 and a half, but uh, without any kickers on the repeater. Can we avoid seeing this happen again in the future? No, no. <laughs> as long key as there's not a salary cap in baseball, uh, Major League Baseball is going to be trying to do everything it can to get one. And then only when they get tired of testing the union's resolve, they will back off from it. And uh, look, if, if the union takes a bad deal here, and I, you know, at, at this point, there's too much time to say that the union is anywhere close to doing that. But if the union takes a bad deal here, 
uh, all it's going to do is embolden Major League Baseball. And there are some people in the sport who think that a salary cap, just because it's in the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL, because uh, there's there's a good argument for uh, having teams pay a lower level, uh, a, a base uh, of say a hundred million dollars. The you know that the salary cap belongs in baseball, but. Uh, I, there, there's a firm belief among the leadership in the union that baseball will not be a salary cap sport because the second you do that, uh, the free market principles that have so long uh, defined what the MLBPA is simply won't exist anymore. And you can make an argument, a pretty convincing one, that uh, it ain't a free market right now either. Yeah. Well, Jeff, you know what? I'm all for – I'm all for the salary cap. They should absolutely limit the free market for the players as just as soon as all the owners also limit their own free markets where they built their own wealth. They should have a profit cap, and then they should absolutely impose. But until they do that, maybe just uh, allow free market forces to reign. They seem to be a good idea. Listen, that's how baseball has gone for a long time now, Max. And uh, if we go back to the implementation of the CBT back in 2003, yeah. the way that it actually operates right now, and you look at the number of teams that have won the World Series, it's 13. You look at the number of teams that have made it to the World Series, it's 19. In the NFL, over the same period of time, 13 teams have won the Super Bowl, 19 teams have made it. So competitive that. Yeah, if, we, uh, I mean, if the NFL is the league that has the most competitive balance in North American sports, Major League Baseball, without a salary cap, seems to be doing pretty darn well. Thank you, Jeff Passan, as always, and hopefully baseball gets this worked out. One NFL player who may get a lot more leverage when baseball's lockout ends. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also hear us on the app, ESPN app, one app, one tap. You can play us on the smart speakers and say, play ESPN, we pop up. You can download the podcast. You can open your window. If we talk loud enough, you might hear us. Key, a statement from Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhardt, said that, quote, Jay, this is a quote, Kyler wants to be direct with loyal Arizona Cardinal fans and the great community of the Valley and stating his two very important goals and objectives. One, he absolutely wants to be your long-term quarterback. Two, he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. He continued, achieving both goals will take incredible commitment from himself and the entire organization. Translation, 
I want the bag, and I want it now. Wow. Right? Is there any other way to read that? No. I need the money. He needs the money, and he needs it now. But the fact that he goes public with it now, right, suggests that they're at an impasse. Do you see anything else in this that may, like, here's the real question. Is this coming from Kyler Murray, or is it coming from his agent? Because an agent has a reputation to protect and everything. Then again, he has an ongoing relationship with teams, right? You don't want to burn bridges. Then again, the agent might feel like I need to go to a certain negotiating tactic because other stuff isn't working. Where's this coming from? As my, as I like to say, as my longtime sports agent Jerome Stanley always tell me, I can't play, but you can. They don't care who the agent is. If the player can play, they're gonna do a deal regardless. They don't they can care less. You can represent me, Max, if I can play. Hey, I love you, Max. You're great. I want the player. The problem that Kyler Murray faces here. And a lot of people aren't connecting the dots. He has the same agent as Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, doesn't have an extension either on the table as of yet. He's on a lame duck coaching deal. So this is why I'm like, I sit back and I say to myself, okay, why would an agent who has two clients that both want deals, you assume, Cliff Kingsbury wants a deal, that's why at the beginning of the year when the Oklahoma job and University of Oklahoma job came up, his name is like all of a sudden, Oklahoma's looking at Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, well, I was trying to use that leverage to get a new deal. It didn't happen. And according to you, by the way, not every team would want Kyler. It works with Cliff Kingsbury, right? Absolutely, 155%. In the people that I know in the building, and this isn't germ spreading, people that I know that are in the building in Arizona, they say he's a real problem, Kyler Murray. They just say they is he has a he's a real problem, a real attitude problem, and all. They're like, there's a lot going on than more than what's out in the media, and so I think this is part of the Cardinals saying we need to evaluate everything before we make any decisions about a long term future with Kyler Murray at the quarterback because we don't know if Jay will is going to be the long-term answer at the coaching spot. We don't know. Which is just crazy because if they exercise that fifth-year option, then you kind of put them in – like, I I automatically go back to other quarterbacks who the teams have to kind of exercise that fifth-year option. I'm like, Baker Mayfield? Is that what we're comparing Kyler Murray to? Baker Mayfield? Daniel Jones? Is that what we're we're comparing Kyler Murray to? And and, and that's all that's confusing for me to understand because Kyler Murray is a two-time Pro Bowler. He's got to let this team to the playoffs for the first time in a long time for the Cardinals. How is he in that same conversation? Right. Well, Key, you had some interesting analysis about where this is coming from based on the facts. Well, I think I think it, it comes from Kyler Murray. So when you look at it and you start in other words, to, in other words, this idea to go public it's a Kyler and post Murray on because we were wondering yesterday is Murray it idea. is it Kyler Murray or the agent? And you are now of the opinion it's, it's the, co- coming from Kyler. Wow. Yes, because an agent is going to be real strategic and smooth with it. He's got two clients. He's got two clients that are both uh, uh, looking for contract extensions. He's not going to alienate the organization on his own. Kyler Murray needs to put a statement out so he can try and win back the fan base and now put the poison 
all on the team by saying, look, they're doing me wrong. They're doing me wrong. When, what is it, two weeks ago, he scrubbed his social media clean so that's a, of Cardinals. So that's a tough position that the agent is in, in this case, Eric Burghardt, because he has two clients. He wants them both to get contracts, right? Yes. And you were telling us this yesterday on our, our, our post-show call, um, and, and he doesn't want to lose the like well, uh, Kyler Murray. That's hey, a huge contract Kyler coming Murray, up. Kyler Murray, $300 million. Let's just throw a number out there because the quarterbacks, $300 million, 150 guaranteed. Whatever percentage he's getting, he don't want to lose that money. It's a fortune, yeah. What? And then on the flip side of things, Cliff Kingsbury, he doesn't want to lose that money. But Kyler Murray, knowing Kyler Murray's personality, is like, man, you got to protect me and put this out there, Jay. And if I'm an agent and I know he has a, a, a fallback because he can go play baseball and I don't represent him in baseball, I'm going to do what he says do. Or what if it was the opposite? What if the agent decided to take the position, hey, I'm, we're going to publicly claim all these things that you've done right to hopefully force their hand. And if we force their hand to give you the contract extension you want, then that automatically ties the Cardinals into my head coach because they know that he can't be successful without the coach. Who negotiates in the press? Players. Agents don't negotiate in the press. They kind of agents not in the They kind of the keep it in the back. Players like to talk about, man, they ain't paying me right. They need to pay me. Players do that. Agents, they try to But but it is a good point. Quiet. Like I like your line of analysis, but Jay's counter is a good point. In this case, you could read it the other way where the coach knows if I can get one contract, I can get both. You mean the, you mean the, 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 agent, the agent? The agent, yeah. what I say, the coach? coach yeah. 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 yeah, the agent knows I can get both. And, of course, you want the Kyler contract first because that's so big. But then well, once the Kyler you get contract that, first because once he's solidified, they coach automatically. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think both lines of analysis are good. Could be – so we're back to square one. Could be either one we putting have no this idea. out there. From <laughs> one number one pick to another. Ooh, Mel's mock is here. There's something that bothers me in this mock. It's something that bothers me in this 2.0. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.